I thought you were reading some article about DNA research or something. You look very in-depth. No, I was just waiting for you to feel inspired. If you're not feeling it tonight, you're not feeling it. Not everybody can have the glow like Leroy every night. Then, you know, sometimes you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink. Like literally five minutes ago, I just said, oh, that would have been a funny cold open if you were recording. And then you still haven't picked up on that. No, I missed it. (laughs) Reading about DNA research on your phone or something. What DNA research? I don't know. You looked mighty perplexed. I'm not. It was either that or like, which one of these puppies should snuggle on top of your head versus the other one should sleep on top of your stomach. I'm very excited to get two dogs. I mean, I can't wait to see you roll up in the gym with two dogs. It's going to be interesting. No days off. My name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad Shrink of Bourbon wherever you are, whatever time it is. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Zeke, the people listen to our show, and they want to hear some Zeke Baker wisdom. You were talking about how you were going to talk about what was grinding your gears. You were going to go back to that, or you were going to have something, but you reel everybody in. You are the fisherman that casts your line, and you reel in listeners with your cold opens. And you've been pretty weak for a couple weeks now. I told you, when it's late at night, unless we're bullshitting about something, I'd I don't have these things. That's why I told you we should go back to something where we just open the show and then just BS or rant about something that can be like already planned ahead at least. This is a shameless plug. This is not any official advertising for our company, but we did release a No Days Off t-shirt. You can find the link on our website to go buy our t-shirts. It's from our friends over at Daddy-O Trading Company. They partnered with us. People can get a No Days Off t-shirt, and I made sure that there are different colors besides black because Zeke will not wear black. I like to be a more vibrant person. I like to seem more open, diverse. I don't know. I am glad that you can brighten up your day with different colors. What I want to know is everyone going to be able to get the custom shirts like you're having sent to you where the size in the body and the size of the sleeves are two different cuts. (laughs) What are you talking about? I mean, it's okay. We'll let the cat out of the bag here a little bit. I get three XL t-shirts. With a large sleeve. No, I wish I could do that. I'd look jacked, but I don't. I can barely bend my arm. Jesus. I don't do that. If you had no days off like I did, your no days off and my no days off are two completely different things. Exactly. My no days off is uh, much less uh, regimented and fundamental as yours. You lift much less weight. I know. Fluid ounces. Anyways, let's get into the real sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by CastCartel.com, changing the industry standard as to how you get your alcohol. They are the premium spirits marketplace, which is like the Amazon of the spirits industry. They hook you up with merchants that will send whiskey directly to your door. They also have all sorts of other spirits as well. You know, being an online retailer, it is purely a convenient play. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to sign up for a raffle. You don't have to camp out overnight. So it's going to cost more. But your other stuff, your daily drinkers, they're going to be on par with what you would get in a store. So go ahead and check them out, cascartel.com. Find them also on Instagram at 
podcast cartel. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends over at Premium Bar Products. I know other people are starting to go to Premium Bar Products because of us. They're loving their laser etched glassware. You can get the Dad's Drinking Bourbon official Glencairn there. You can also laser etch your own glassware. It's perfect for a gift for somebody for the holidays coming up. If you are a distillery or a group or a store and you have a bigger order, you have a wholesale order, reach out to me. I'll get you in touch with Carson and Janie and Vicky and all the other good folks over at premiumbarproducts.com. You want to know what we're drinking tonight? What would we be drinking? The folks already know because it's in the title of this episode, but we are drinking three cord whiskey drummer, 15 years old. This was source stuff that three chord got there were only 2500 bottles total that were produced it's released in two small batches consisting of 10 barrels each this is 117.9 proof and the lore it's not official from three chord because a broker could never tell them this but they were told that it was distilled in lawrenceburg kentucky and that it was not the mash bill of a distillery that is in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. It was a, a mash bill that was made as a contract for somebody else, and then that never happened. And so it is this mash bill that was kind of rogue and then went to the broker because of it. That is the lore. Lots of good lore stories going around lately with different places. And uh, funny to see where supposedly different, what we would all call big boys now that I guess we're still big boys back then, but bourbon wasn't big. So exponentially, none of the things had grown to what they are now. And, you know, age juice ended up popping up places, whether it be, uh, you know, some distilleries that did some contract purchasing of barrels early on or like this and a couple other spots where brokers have ended up with juice from other places that was either a spinoff on a mash bill or other you know subtle nuance that they you know did back in the day which i'm sure was just to uh you know make ends meet and keep the lights on to a degree i think that's a, a perspective a lot of folks are still missing is back then they didn't do this thinking hey we're gonna have this you know spinoff to where we put a little more rye and a little less barley or corn or whatever and then it's gonna be this you know big to do like i'm pretty sure it was gonna pay us we just put less of this and more of that yeah we'll get to work on that Yes, sir. Right now. And it's something that happened a lot more than people think of. I mean, think of all the stuff that Brown Foreman and Heaven Hill sent over to Willett, and now it's celebrated. I mean, it it's something that isn't looked at the same way I think it was a few years ago as far as sourcing and getting your, your whiskey from another distillery. The bourbon boom was not necessarily there 15 years ago. So they're looking for other ways to kind of make some money. It's also funny to me, probably more uh, your area normally than mine as far as the uh, topics of interest. But A, for a barrel of whiskey to be considered, you know, your own by your own being, you know, another distillery than who made the juice. You only have to own the barrel for a year before it's bottled. Also of interest to be called Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It just has to be aged in Kentucky at some point for a minimum of a year. Well, and then two years to be straight, four years to be straight, well, non-age stated. If you want to get that. Yeah, but it only has to sit in Kentucky for a year of that life cycle. And it's Kentucky. 
Well, it's kind of like a thoroughbred. Kentucky's very particular with things. So here's a fun fact for you. You can't artificially inseminate a horse someplace else from a horse that was made in Kentucky and call it a Kentucky horse. The Kentucky thoroughbreds actually have to consummate in Kentucky in order to be called a Kentucky thoroughbred. No. Think about that when you're going to sleep at night. There's no way that can go into a show. I hope, Jesus. Why not? (laughs) Because it's awful. Why? It's besides, you're banned from anything that has to do with horse racing from missing the Kentucky Derby. You're 86 for a while, buddy. You're in timeout. I don't know. You missed the Derby, no more horse racing stories. Everyone agreed. I listened to it on the radio. Who's everyone? You say everyone. Everyone I talked to. Like, how did Edwards, of all people, he hams up horse racing all the time, but he suddenly has to get his tire changed during the Derby on a Saturday at 4.30. That is the only time that was available considering the rest of my family's schedule. I mean, did you look at noon on Saturday? Yes. What about Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday before? I was working. You work from home. Why do people think if you work from home that you don't really work? I have shit to do. I can't leave my computer and go run errands because you think it's easy to do when you work from home. I got to freaking work. I mean, if you can go to the gym, you can go get a tire changed. I go to the gym before work. I bet the car lot's open before work. You're an asshole. Can we just get to the whiskey? So one thing I want to mention here, by the way, three chord says at three chord, we are blenders first and foremost. However, we came across this small lot of barrels and had to release them as is to the public. This is our way of paying homage to the traditions of bourbon while we aim to shake up the industry with the rest of our lineup. What were your thoughts on this whiskey, Zeke Baker? Let's see here for nose. And it kind of really took me a minute to pinpoint where I was going. So sorry if this rambles around for a second, but uh, I've got listed tobacco, caramel, a bit of like a smoky singe almost moves through the nares. And it started there. I really started getting a cigar type theme with it. Kind of picked up a little bit of anise. At times there was almost what I put down as pepperminty and malty. I guess something kind of like you get like from a, a malt shake that's peppermint flavored or something. And then I finally pinpointed a little stronger. I really think there's a heavy eucalyptus note to this. I mean, it's definitely something like, you know, menthol, eucalyptus, fixed vapor rub kind of thing going on. Moving toward the palate, uh, when it first moves in there, I didn't really notice a whole lot on the front end of the tongue. Medium viscosity, light singe. As it sits on the mid-palate, it begins to, to me, at least develop into a darker tobacco type of profile. You know, something like a Maduro, maybe. And as the tannins also move in, they show the age. And and you can definitely tell there's more than a fair amount of oak that's in this product. It's not the most drying whiskey I've ever had. But with age, you just expect that to be there. And, and definitely, you know, along with showing its age, that dryness uh, begins to develop as it moves toward the back end. Finish-wise, and, you know, it's not a note that, you know, we always use, but I definitely thought it was there on this one. To me, it seemed like the, the singe radiated over the flavor. I got both, but the singe was definitely the first thing that I noticed. I mean, not in a, an overly hot way and not a hug that goes down. You just feel that alcohol warmth singe coming out there. They both lingered pretty well yeah you know, i didn't really get anything going down into the the chest or any kind of hug but uh that dryness and that flavor of just tobacco tannins and really the more i thought about it overall as a pour i thought about koala bears because if they eat eucalyptus leaves that's their entire diet so i'm thinking like all right i'm getting this like 
honestly, this weird eucalyptus, like menthol kind of thing or flavor. And if you're getting them straight off a tree, you're going to like smell and feel the bark, old aged wood. No, it's not oak, but I mean, old aged wood's kind of old aged wood, I would think. So that's where I went with my very random tidbit for this tasty note is a koala bears eating eucalyptus leaves off of an old tree. I award you zero points and may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) I told you I was coming out of left field with this. I mean, I I didn't try to, but I mean, that's where I, I went with my mind over this. This is what I waited for when you said you were working on something with your tasting notes. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, your tasting notes are way out there sometimes, but this is way out there. I don't do it for shits and giggles. I try to be authentic on it. Well, let's hear your notes there, buddy boy. And uh, we can compare a little, most likely, and uh, also contrast (laughs) a lot, most likely. Mine are going to be a lot shorter than yours. I definitely got... Like there is a presence on the nose. There's some recognizable things that let me know that it was distilled in Lawrenceburg. At the same time, there is a heat. There is like an ethanol on the nose and any notes I get on the nose are buried deep, deep, deep down below that heat. And I just can't get past it. Then when I get to the taste, there's a vanilla component. There's leather there's tannins there's spice but it is all below heat and chalkiness like the mouthfeel on this it's that chalky mouthfeel i normally get with whistle pig that i just don't like and i just the finish i didn't even get i mean i love stuff three quarters doing i really like their 12 year blend i'm disappointed and i read that for a reason where they said we didn't want to blend this we wanted to release it as is i would have liked to see what they could do with a blend and maybe it could have got some of that heat off of it for me i don't know if you got the heat i couldn't get past the heat kind of singed my tongue i didn't really get a good taste from it because it was just so hot it wasn't my favorite you know i normally try to jot down notes as you're giving your notes so i know what to circle back and and us look at i didn't get past about four words i don't think you gave me many very tasty notes to work with there but that's kind of how the pour was for me i couldn't take a lot of notes because i couldn't really get past the heat so there's the one tasting note for you that we could circle around back and discuss well for your the heat (laughs) the heat is on give them the heater ricky oh man so many different good movies back then. But so that's where I got the eucalyptus and then that kind of menthol vibe from is this isn't alcohol heat in the sense of like young, hot whiskey. I mean, you can tell it's age or other stuff coupled in with it. And that was to me where I went because I mean, it's like you put on a, like a, you know, a liniment or like a Bengay or you know, any kind of salves. There's that heat you feel and you also smell it. But at the same time, it doesn't burn the nose. Like when it went into the nose, I got the heat feeling of it. But to me, it was like when you got a cigar and the wind shifts and the smoke doesn't necessarily go away from it, it comes back in the nose a little bit or on the exhale, some of it catches the back of your throat and goes through the nose the wrong way. Like that was the kind of heat that I picked up on it. It's funny you say that because the heat, like on the taste, it stayed in my mouth. The nose, it's there, but it never singed my nostrils. It was ethanol, but it never came up. It was just kind of like fog on the surface of a pond. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, there's other stuff going on. It's not just a simple, like smelling grain alcohol or a higher proof cash drink, like two-year whiskey. If you're like, 
whoo, I can literally do blow the, the steam off of this and get the heat off before you can taste anything. You know, 50% up. It, it hit, it got there and it went up a little and then it just kind of held its, its zone almost like smog or something. Yeah, but I couldn't get past that layer. There was something underneath that wanted me to know it was there, but I couldn't really get there. Yeah, I see that a little bit, but uh, I still think you're. The blending side, though, that, that was the other thing, I, and I wrote that down even before you went into your notes. Granted, it'll be interesting, I think, to see if press release holds true, assuming, you know, just like any other type of, uh, you know, business, you, you don't give out all you have, especially on the first release. So presumably, they're still sitting on some of this, some of these vats or, or jugs or whatever they put this stuff in. I wonder if they don't circle back around and say, all right, well, we've released this once or twice. The market's kind of got its feel for it. You know, it may not have as much, uh, you know, that initial surge and, and, ooh, this is hot and this is the new thing kind of feel. Do they take that and then take some of the other stocks they have from various places and really start tinkering around and see what kind of unique stuff they can put out with it? Especially knowing that's their M.O. is being, you know, that kind of blending, I guess, rectifying kind of thing. I feel like you would have to. I mean, how would you miss that opportunity? You missed the episode, Zeke, but Ari really knows his stuff, and I know he could blend up something pretty tasty with this. I just think it was a missed opportunity, especially when I tell you what the MSRP was. Well, maybe it wasn't missed. Again, I mean, if you're sitting on X amount, you can do a release that doesn't necessarily saturate the market, but gets enough people that want one to buy one or can buy one on a Y number. Well, then you still come back and you play around with it in six months to a year and you get another release out of it and another release. And then you spin it again. I mean, this is all simple business and marketing. Well, I mean, I guess it's something I've said about another whiskey that was not my favorite. You know, and I do like what three chords doing. I just don't like this particular release, but the truth of the matter is my opinion doesn't mean shit. If you sell every single one of these, you still did what you were supposed to do, and congratulations. You know, one of the things I thought of going through this that popped in my head was back with the, you know, when the Orphan Barrels first came out. Remember Gifted Horse? Did they really mess up on the blending and dump some juice that wasn't supposed to go in there? And, oh, wow, this just happened to taste good, or is that just a spin? Because, I mean, I've said plenty of times, that was definitely one of the better of the Orphan Barrels, I thought. Well, we did all of the Orphan Barrels blind that we could get our hands on back when we used to do an Instagram live show. That's how far back this was, and Gifted Horse won. Doesn't surprise me. I don't remember it, to be honest, but, I mean, doesn't surprise me. You know my savant memory. You know my savant memory. You know I get that kind of stuff. I know. (laughs) Do you have any other random thoughts? Because I want to tell you what the MSRP is for this. I mean, I have other thoughts. They don't necessarily pertain to what we just tasted, but they do and don't. So whichever way you want to go. The MSRP on this was one eighty nine ninety nine. Three chord was nice enough. They sent us a sample. So what did you think about this? Thank you for sending that our way. What did you think about this? Which 50 milliliters is really all you and I need. I'm just being transparent with everybody about what we received. Has nothing to do with our our review. And thank you, 3Chord, for sending it our way. What did you think about this as far as whether or not you'd buy it? I mean, I think going into this, that's where the market's set now. I mean, there's other people with equally aged juice that somebody gets from a broker. And when you put that many hands in the pot that all pull out some green... That's about the price point you seem to be ended up with now. I mean, look at what Swinson's ended up with. It's supposedly a very other 
long-standing, reputable Kentucky distillery in that area. I think that just is what it is MSRP-wise. And uh, I think to me, it's, it's a combination of marketing and then supply versus demand as far as if bottles sit on shelves or if it sells out in a day or two. That just kind of is what it is. Personally, I, I'm not jumping up and down for this. There's some other stuff out there that's in this price range-ish that I'm much more comfortable paying for. And I, I think it's a much better pour, you know, even though I had more notes uh i think at the end of the day you know kind of similar to what you had it was all along a very linear path not much diversity and i, I think that's something you really want in an aged whiskey is complexity and, and different little nuances and blips on the radar you know you don't want to just want to drive 55 miles down an hour down a straight road you don't want to do that sammy hagar he had a song about driving 55 i don't think that was necessarily about a straight road though all right it was about the highway. You know, life is a highway, too. Yeah, you probably think the Rascal Flash did that song originally, though. No, his name was Cochran. Tom Cochran. I had this as a kid. Some other random thoughts, though, is, you know, as you mentioned, there was more than one bat of this from these barrels that's still hanging around. I will say I, I have tasted some uh, of the juice that came out of one of the other vats at a different proof. I thought the profile from that was much broader and much more enjoyable. It definitely at least justified the price point. I still don't think I would jump up and down and say, I just have to have one and go grab a bottle. But it was a much more rewarding pour knowing that's what you were getting into it for, in my opinion. Good to know. All right. Well, I'm a pass. You know, after having the chance to sit down with Ari and being so pumped about what they were doing, this one, I just know they could do better if they put their own spin on it. And, you know, if you're going to put your name on it, I would want to have a little bit of a say in putting your own spin on it. You know, I kind of feel it's like, like, oh, we had an opportunity to buy some stuff and we're just going to flip it instead of doing what the company kind of stands for. You never know how much them bats cost. Shit. (laughs) <laughs> well, they could cost a whole lot, but if it's already in a vat, you you can mix stuff in a vat. A lot of times vats are plastic there, buddy. I know. Does that mean you're going to go out and go buy yourself your own barrel of whiskey and not worry about selling it? Or are you going to try and sell it in the first week you have the bottles? I would worry about if I'm a brand, I'm worrying about the brand and how I'm building the brand and getting to put our spin on it. It's it's one thing to go get a barrel and flip it, but in that case you could have just flipped it to somebody else, made a little bit of money and you know been done with it and let them go put it out. Not everybody agrees with us. Clearly the things are selling. Clearly they are, but I think if we had the chance to try different proofs, uh, I mean Telling you the the one that I had, it, it made this pale in comparison to it. And like I say, we don't have any intel here. This isn't a teaser or a build up show. I just think that they're going to end up blending some of this at some point. I, that, like you said, if that's what your backbone is, how do you not, at least for some small limited releases, tinker around with a few things here and there? Hundred percent with you. Anything else you want to say before we close? Thank you to Three Chord as well. Uh, again, always appreciative of anyone that uh, wants to send us a little juice and, and hear what we have to take on it. So thank you to Neil, Ari, our friend Ryan, all the folks over at Three Chord. Thank you for sending this our way. I do love your 12-year. I love your bourbon and rye mixed together. There are good things you guys are doing over there at Three Chord. So people should check that stuff out. 
know that this is kind of a one-off thing for them. It is not their bread and butter, so don't be afraid to try those other things. You can try hanging out with us a little bit more by going to Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Leave us an open and honest review like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee and surrounding areas. Cheers. Ciao.